1: now, where the paranormal meets the sacred, and all topics in between. Live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show, with your host, Shaw McCain.
0: Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Shaw McCain. I'd like to welcome you to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. We're here every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we have different guests every weekend to share their experience and strength and uh, their ideas with us. And uh, my show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and from all over the world. Please, please follow The Paranormal and the Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. We're translating to many different languages for listeners outside the country. The call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744, and the Paranormal the Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. During this show, I can take questions in order in chat, and you may call in with your question and speak with our special guest. Any buzzkillers in chat or on the phone will be kicked out, and I will have a copy of your phone number, and I'll call you back. Yes. So please leave me alone. I have a few announcements to make, uh, Ciro International. And founder Yvonne Smith hosts L.A. Marzulli and Rick Shaw, joined by Preston Dennett. They're talking about E.T. giants, the Nephilim, and uh, how long have these beings been with us? What role have they played in the planet's history and humanity's religions and culture? And how about now? What's their agenda, anyway? Okay, this is July 11, 2015, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Double Tree Hotel Catalina Room, 6161 West Sentinel Avenue in Nice Culver City, 90230. And there's going to be uh, Dr. John Elias, our popular host of the Dark Matter Radio, will be moderator and field the audience questions for this fascinating panel discussion. And Yvonne will be there to talk about her book. And they're saying uh, L.A. Marzulli, he's an author and lecturer and filmmaker and penned eight books, including... The Nephilim trilogy and teamed up with Richard Shaw to create the Watchers series. So that's gonna be so fascinating, so don't miss it. Again, uh, for early preferred seating, twenty three bucks a door twenty three bucks a door purchase online at www.zerointernational.com. dot com. Again, that's July eleventh. It's coming up. We're already almost the end of June. I can't believe it. Anyway, July eleventh to 2015, 6 PM to ten PM Pacific Standard Time. And be sure to carry a little bit of change, three bucks parking with validation. And then coming up, Experiencers Speak, August 28th, ninth in Maine. Uh, you can go to the website, uh, www.experiencersspeak, at dot com. And, and uh, they're reminding us that the event is not sold out. And uh, you can uh, buy your tickets via PayPal, And uh, if you have any questions, let Audrey Starborn, founder of Starboard Support and Experiencers, speak. Call her at 774-766-2558. And let's see, it's going to be August 28th and 29th, 2015. And it's going to be at the Riverside Inn and Suites, uh, 81 Riverside Street, Portland, Maine, 04103. Uh, the guests are going to be Reverend John Polk, Kathleen Martin, and Tom Reed, and that's going to be Friday VAP meet and greet. And then Saturday, Mike McClellan, Susan Chancellor, uh, Ryan D. Rowan, Eric Mitchell, Denise Stoner, Grant Cameron, Jennifer Stein, and Travis Walton. And he's going to be uh, letting us have the first uh, New England screening of Travis, the true story of Travis Walton. And I have one more announcement to make and. Uh, Alicia Keaton, Keaton, she's working on with Hoff Productions out of Emeryville, California, to develop a TV show based on families that have had AT experiences. Hoff works with several different television networks: Discovery, History, TLC, and Sci-Fi. I love that station. Anyway, just need a few. And we're interested in finding the right family members to uh, revolve in a docu-series. Uh, Uh, Drama thing. Anyway, we'd like to capture your story, experiences, and hopefully start a chip away at the stigma society has put on ET abductions. Boy, we need that. Anyway, we're hoping to open the world's eyes to the fact that this is real and it's not as uncommon as you may think. I'm reaching out to different family members this week, and when conducting Skype interviews next week, any of the family members that are interested in being considered for this show, we need to do a quick 15- to 20-minute Skype interview with her which is recorded and edited down a two, three-minute piece, so presented to a handful of networks. I'd like to deliver several options, and please do this as soon as you can. Please jump on her. So email her at keating A-K-E-A-T-I-N-G, at Hoff, H-O-F-F-T-V, for further information. And before I welcome our guest on, I'm so proud and happy to have Eva Hare on tonight. And uh, I just have to do a uh, a little thing. And so let me uh, just put a little music on just for a minute as I deal with this technical thing that I'm going through right now. And uh, I'm just going to play this just for a minute and uh, while I get uh, things started here. And hold on one second. Please be patient. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Welcome to live the Paranormal Sacred Radio Show. I'm just getting you on here right now and you're going to go live with us. Let's see. Okay. Um, I have you on two places. Welcome to yeah, just, Paranormal and Sacred. We had a little bit of a glitch and uh, I just want to welcome you and uh, we're really happy to have you aboard. And let me do your intro real quick, okay, Eva? Eva. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Let's see. In here. <coughs> my, my guest is uh, Eva Hare, and she's an retired litigation paralegal, and the author of Agape, The Intent of the Soul and their new best-selling book, Consciousness, Bridging the Gap Between Conventional Science and the New Super Science of Quantum Mechanics. She has become one of the most respected top show hostesses on the internet radio via her show, The Infinite Consciousness, on BBS Radio. For years, she has had the opportunity to engage the minds of today's top thinkers in the fields of science, of the human experience and holistic functional orthomolecular. Hmm, we have to ask you about that. Anti-aging and alternative medicine resources for breathing with the mind and body. And she has an awesome list of who's who of luminaries throughout the world that she keeps her abreast on the research. And she's also into quantum mechanics and also a very fascinating person. And I would like to welcome her now live to the show. Welcome Eva. Thank How you, you for having name? me. You're welcome. How do you uh pronounce your name? Eva Her. Okay, excellent. Uh, and welcome on the show tonight. And you know, do you want to uh, tell our uh, listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Your beginning. Um, well, um, what I've spent most of my time. Doing, I had not I guess I'll start at the beginning. I I had um, what I call an enlightenment experience back in '95, and it was really one that rocked my world. It, it happened in my sleep one night, and I thought that I went to the other side, and I learned a lot of stuff. I mean, my father came to visit me. He had died, and lots of stuff had happened, lots of traumatic events, and my father had died. And I just went to sleep one night, and he came back to see me. You know, whether I was dreaming or whether this thing really happened, I don't know. All I know is that the experience was real for me. Uh, lots of things happened, and i learned lots of things. And the next morning when I woke up, I knew people that I didn't know before, like Raymond Moody and Daniel Brinkley, Norm Sheely, and Carolyn Mays. And when I woke up, I also was profoundly psychic, and I could tell you things about your health for, say, 15 or 20 years in the future with a tremendous degree of accuracy, and we both know it. When I would when I do these things for you, we both know in the first five minutes that it's real because you either have these symptoms or you don't have these symptoms. So, you know, it's a it's a way to know that I'm accurate in what I'm telling you because you know it right off the bat. And I I had never done that before. So all of this and then information about quantum mechanics and how the universe works it just was all there in an instant, like. In the blink of an eye, and and I was in this bliss state for about nine months, and then it that kind of gradually faded. The knowledge that I gained stayed, and the the state stayed, but the um, intensity of the state kind of faded some. So that's kind of what happened. And my first book, Agape, is about that. It's about my story, and it's kind of, it's a woo-woo story, I have to admit, and I'm not very woo-woo. I'm really like a black and white kind of person, Mm -hmm. very very into science and facts, so it's kind of odd to hear such woo-woo stuff coming from me, but it's just what happened. And then after that happened, over the years, about 10 years later, I finally could stand it no more, and I thought, I have to know what happened, you know, what happened? I mean, I knew that an experience happened, but since I'm so black and white minded, I wanted to know what happened to me. Was it my? Was it a physiological thing? Was it mine? Was it both? You know, I and mean, from a scientific perspective, I wanted to know what happened. So I had a really good friend who was a uh, he was a Ph.D. in astrophysics, and he was also very consciously aware. And so we i t- I didn't have the language for what happened to me because I'm you know, I'm limited to my vocabulary, even though I have a great understanding and it's a very limited thing, you know, linguistically. And so I would talk to him and he would help me find the words in science. And so we devised what we call twenty questions and it was these, um a list of questions about Um, you know, physical reality and the non-dual state and how all of those things implement in, in physical reality from a scientific perspective. You know, what is consciousness? What is your definition of that? What is your definition of mind? What is your distinction? Or is there a distinction between big mind and little mind? How does big mind communicate with little mind? You know, things like that. And so I started interviewing, uh, we, because he was so well-read in physics and metaphysics, for that matter, he helped me find study and research. And so I picked who I considered to be the most respected scientist in the world. And I did about, I don't know, probably 150 or 200 interviews about those 30 questions or 20, what, how many of questions were and then when I got through, I picked out the the best ones. I can't remember if there were 12 chapters or 13 chapters. It's been a while now since I read that book. But I picked out the ones that I thought conveyed um, the best information from the most open yet respected scientific mind. For example, Bill Tiller, you know, he's the chairman of the physics department at Stanford. Bob John, the dean of the engineering department at Princeton, um, Urban Laszlo, you know, just a whole group of people that I felt were respected and that said, help explain these questions in science. And so then I, those interviews became the consciousness book, Consciousness, Bridging the Gap Between conventional Science and the New Science of Quantum Mechanics. And so that's my second book. And it's written in a way where you know I'm just a woman, so i it's written in my words, my questions, but it's verbatim what their answers are so if you have you if you have questions and you want to know uh, some clarity perhaps on what it is that you're seeking, it's a good place to
0: start yes, it's uh uh as far as uh, the holistic because the quantum uh physics and quantum mechanics is now being talked about by the layperson, whereas before we we really didn't know what to talk about we're interested like in uh the the down the rabbit hole and other uh films like that to kind of let us know that uh you can be in two places at once in the the world and the uh, things that we don't see are uh infinite and uh it's strange, and uh now everybody's talking about it i I truly love it, and it is hard to have a discourse on it, as you say the the <laughs> verbiage you have to be like a professor to actually really talk this whole thing out and uh the question I want to ask is uh how do you think the uh quantum mechanics affects us uh spiritually of uh, the spiritual people that believe in a higher power, have spirituality. How do you think the uh, they're dealing with this, this kind of dual or more? They're saying there's 12 different uh, other dimensions. And how do you think it fits in with uh, religion?
1: Well, I think those are two distinctly different. My perspective, you know, who's to say that I know anything, okay? But my perspective yeah. is religion and Spirituality is two completely different things. You know, it's like the the difference, to me between a corporation and nature. You know, they're not the same thing. So I, you know, I think I, I don't imagine that fundam- the fundamentalists. One well, fact I know they don't really like spirituality from from the mm-hmm. consciousness perspective because it it. Consciousness is empowering to an individual, and religion, in my perspective, controlling you to believe whatever they say is. You know, and to each person its own. I whatever works for you. It's fine with me. I don't care. That that's that's my perspective on that.
0: I, uh, does that make any sense? Yeah. Uh... You know, you have to get to, because I'm actually, I feel like I have uh, religious roots because of my culture. uh, I do, too. I grew up a Baptist, and then I converted to a conservative Jew. So I've been the whole spectrum. You know, and
1: now I'm nothing. After the experience, I understand that there's not this place and that place. There's Yeah. There's no matter on the quantum level. It's a fact in science. There's no such thing as matter. It simply doesn't exist. There's mass, but there is no matter. If there's no matter, what separates one from anything? Nothing. Yes. Do you understand what I mean when I say that there's no matter?
0: Because metaphysically, (laughs) there's a power holding everything together, is that what
1: you're talking about? And it has nothing to do with... My analogy is, you know, we know that the simplest unit of mass is a hydrogen atom, one proton, one neutron, and one electron. And science knows that that electron is the part that's responsible for mass as we know it, okay? So let's just say you pluck out that electron, and say we had a, a, a microscope that was strong enough to zoom in, so that you could look at it like you do a cell. Once you zoom, in, it's going to look like a BB when you pluck it out. But when you zoom into it like a cell, what you're going to see is a bunch of particles, stuck together by a sticky substance, mainly consisting of hydrogen, which is the most abundant and the most powerful substance known in existence, which would, you know, kind of make you think, well maybe, you know, does that resonate with God's force, most powerful and abundant? Yeah, it does, you know. So you pluck out that electron and you look at it and instead of seeing a single BB, you see a bunch of tiny BBs called particles. So let's say your your microscope was very strong, so you pluck out one of those particles and zoom in on it and look at that. Lo and behold, you don't see a single particle. You see a bunch of a bunch of other particles like gluons and, and, you know, so you zoom in on those and finally you'll get to to the very bottom or what we call the irreducible unit where you can't go any further and what do you find? Energy. And that's it, nothing else. So really there is nothing but energy. You perceive that there are things here, but they're not really here. All they are is energy in a vibratory state. Okay, so we're
0: perceiving so, so we're perceiving it as here uh how do I was thinking about this today, and uh, I knew that uh that you have all your education along these lines. How does this affect uh let's say uh tribal peoples and let's say somebody way down deep in Brazil or everything how do they uh they they deal with this they don't acknowledge? These different layers, or do they?
1: Well, you know, I think that things like the way people are able to talk about things like this is certainly going to be limited by their vocabulary. You know, so they, I would, they know that there's things that you can't see, and that I would think that they know that mind and thought can manipulate those things, potentially manipulate those things. But, I, you know, without studying their culture, you know, I don't know what they think of the, I don't know, but I would imagine yeah. that that's the way they perceive things.
0: Yeah, because I think that they're <laughs> operating in a real and spiritual world both. and yeah, kind of like, wondering, go ahead. I would imagine they're probably like our
1: Indians here. Yeah, You know, nature and, and forces and things like that, I would imagine. The important thing for people to understand from this stuff, and, you know, ask me questions because I don't really know where you want me to go, but so I'll give you a start here, is that mind is a powerful thing. Really is all there is. There's nothing else but thought. So if you have problems in your life, and it doesn't matter what those problems are, whether they're health problems or whether they're, you know, physical things that's going on around you, jobs or family problems, whatever drama it is that you have in your life, take a look at your thoughts. And it's not yes. just your active thought, Peter, that really matter. You know, subconscious is a very powerful, powerful creator. You know, if you're thinking... Sorry about that. We're in the car traveling. If you're thinking, oh, I'm sick of this, I'm sick of that, I'm sick of this, I'm sick of that, well, then don't be surprised if you're not got some sick of things going on with you. You know, people say, I am this or I am that. Well, what they really know is I'm sick of this and I'm sick of that. They're not knowing I uh, am. You know, powerful thing. Because if there's no separation from you or anything else, doesn't that somewhat make you like the Bible says that you're a God's image? So you might you are that God. If yes. there's no separate, if there's nothing there to separate you, then aren't you that thing? Doesn't that make you powerful, potentially powerful? You know, and it, it all, uh, it all to me, it all boils down to how cohesive are your thoughts. You know how you're you're going to manifest those things where your mind spends the most time. So are you the most time of I'm sick of that or I'm sick of that or are you the most time in I am? So you become that. Which yeah. one of those things are you? And it, you get caught up and you don't even realize that you're doing all of those negative thought patterns because you're so used to doing them. So it's your norm. And people tell me all the time, oh, I don't know, I i do this or I do that. And then you listen to them or watch them and they don't even, they're not consciously aware of what they're doing to themselves and those around them. So become conscious. That's the best thing I can tell you. Analyze what it is that you're thinking and think when there's if drama in your life, it's not what somebody else needs to be doing to fix this drama. It all lies within you because everything really is perception. Stop yeah. perceiving a thing a certain way, then it's going to be another way. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yes. It, uh, it,
0: it really is the way, that's why different people can look at let's say, a piece of art and see totally different things. And, uh, that's some right. When, people, somebody, yeah.
1: when somebody disagrees, just say, okay. Not, you know, it doesn't matter if you agree with them. As soon as you disagree with them, you start arguing with them, and that's when things go down. And just say, okay, let them believe what they want to believe. You know, what harm does it do? You know, you don't have to go down their rabbit hole.
0: Right. You know you have a a piece by Bernie Siegel doc, Dr uh Bernie Siegel in your book and uh may I quote this part for you cuz I sure. think this is uh, yeah this is really interesting to my listeners is that having personally experienced a near death experience past life self-induced and healing energy animal communication and voices and communication with the dead i know that consciousness is a non-local and exists without the mind and body I have learned about our potential, our potential from these experiences, and for me, God is loving, intelligent, and conscious energy. Amazing abilities are built into all living things, so we can heal our wounds, resist illnesses, and alter our genes. And He's saying, reading your remarkable book can help you open your mind and learn about the true nature and mystery of life. I thought that was so uh, beautiful, and that. Well, thank um, you. Yes, and you're talking about your near death experience. And uh, have you had a near-death experience yourself? Well,
1: I didn't die. I mean, I just, what happened was, and this is one thing I learned when I was writing the consciousness book. Every Mm -hmm. single person that I interviewed that was also very consciously aware had had a very dark night of the soul. But within a two-year period of before they had their enlightenment experience. And so what happened to me was I had a really dark night of the soul. My mother, my mother was unstable, and she kidnapped my child and took him across state lines. My father died abruptly, and they were divorced; so he didn't have anything to do with what she did caused me to lose my job. She was harassing my boss, calling like 500 times a day to my job. And I got pregnant all at the same time, within one, you know, like two-week period. So, you know, I was on the bottom. Yeah, I couldn't go any further down. You know, I was, lost my job. I just moved to Atlanta. I was totally alone. I had nobody there. I got pregnant with when I with my the person that I was dating. My father died. My mother kidnapped my son and I lose my job I and mean, then I was on the bottom. And so after everything happened I and mean, it was, it was terrible. In fact my son was gone for a year, Hillary Clinton got him back for me. And so after, it took about two years for everything to settle down, and I just went to bed one night, and all of a sudden my father appeared in the room before me. And I was I had gone to sleep, and I, I was conscious because it was springtime. It was in April, and it was too hot for the heat, but not, I mean, too cool for the air conditioning and heat, so I had a floor fan going, and I could hear that fan go. So I know that I was somewhat conscious, you know. And he just appeared, you know, and maybe I was dreaming. I don't know. It really doesn't matter because the the experience was real. But he said, I said, what are you doing here? You're dead. Because he had died during all this trauma. drama, And he said, well, sometimes when you die, if you have something that you need to take care of, God lets you come back. And I didn't get to tell you that I loved you. And then the very next instant. I was on the other side. At least I perceived myself to be on the other side. And we I learned lots of things. I mean, so many things about how the universe works and how information is conveyed from uh, consciousness or the ground of all being or the source of intention or whatever you want to call it, God, into uh, individual Things and I learned, you know, how souls really experience, and about gradients and consciousness, and I learned all these things. And when I woke up the next morning, it was like, oh my god! You know, I thought I was going crazy. In fact, it was—I actually checked myself into a hospital because I thought I was going crazy. Because I wondered where did I get this information? Because it was like having someone stick a gigantic CD into your mind and all of it downloading and overnight, literally in a 24-hour period, suddenly you know all of this information and you're profoundly like you know, what happened? Where did that come from? And so, you know, it took me, I, it, I still integrate information. It was so much information and it's been, what, 20 years now almost? Until two from 2000 and uh, from 95 and it's two but yeah 20 years and every day or at least every month I'll say I have a new aha moment about what it was that I woke up knowing that one so that's kind of what happened it was amazing but you know and it was it was good and it was bad because it you know it changed me it made me profoundly different and it made me not Fit into physical reality anymore and into general society, that I'm different now. And I don't know why I'm different. Everybody else, you know, that suddenly overnight, this one is crazy. But on the other hand, it was the most intense bliss that I could even imagine.
0: So it was good and bad. It's good and bad because you're altered now. You never can uh, do <laughs> the small talk again. You never That's can. exactly right. You're, yeah, you can't <laughs> Cause you can't I, forget I, I the
1: can how to ride write how to ride a bicycle, and even if I could, why would I want to? You know, now that I know this, would never want to go back.
0: No. Well, you can't actually go back. You can go back, but I guess if uh, can't forget, you start, drink, you start drinking a bunch, but you never forget what what happened. Yeah. Because did you ever read uh, Evelyn Underhill's book? Uh, uh, Christian mysticism. No, no. Uh, you know, we're talking straight from there because I did have a spiritual experience. And I started reading that, and she talked about the dark night of the soul that uh, a true seeker will go through. It.
1: You have yeah. to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. you do. Yeah.
1: You know, you and there's only the- one truth. So all the stories are the same. Any book yeah. you read, or somebody that's had one of these things happen, they're all the same story. Because there's only one truth, so everybody's are similar. You know, a little, you know, the dream might be a little bit different, but the understanding's all the same. And you're not crazy. And and another thing, it does when people go through these shifts. It makes you so profoundly different. And and you do have dark nights of the soul, and it's scary because you're suddenly so alone and you're so different. That you know all this stuff. It really helps to find somebody like-minded to mentor you during this period. you know, very It really cool. helps to do that because it, all of the, the people who have had it spontaneous experience you need someone to help be there for you because you can get really depressed. And sometimes, you know, personally, I got very depressed and people it, it Many people get suicidal, including myself. And so it really helps to have someone to say to you, "You're not crazy. What you're experiencing is normal for waking up. Whatever that is. I mean, whatever you're going through, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're bad or you're crazy or you're marble. Maybe a little unstable for a little while, but that's <laughs> okay. No. you'll get back. You know, you'll 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 shake it out."
0: Well, we have free will and personal choice. Uh, well, I don't agree I know, with that. No, I don't agree no. with that. Okay. None so of the science is with that. Because I did read, you know, what your writing was about that. So why don't you tell us uh, your views on personal will.
1: Well, that's a different thing than free will to me. You know, free it's a will. very mm-hmm. tricky question. Free will. If you had complete free will, would you experience the dark night of the soul? Would you choose that? Would you choose to have a flat tire in the middle of Los Angeles or Atlanta at rush hour? I don't think so. So that's different from will. Can I will myself to get up even though I'm really tired? Yes. But can I manifest the Cadillac in my front yard at any given moment? Uh, Yes, but it's not likely. And the reason that it's not likely is not because it's not possible, but because of what state of mind that you reside in. And if you're not driving the car, and I tell this little story, imagine that you're a two-year-old and you're strapped in a car seat in the back seat. And your car seat has one of those little yellow plastic steering wheels on it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, ever seen one of those car seats, and you're driving? Yeah, (laughs) you think you're driving that car, but you come up to a four-way stop, and the playground's on your right, and the grocery store is on the left. You go, "Oh man, I'm going to the playground today," and all of a sudden, your car turns left and goes to the grocery store. Well, you know you're not happy about that, so you start screaming and pitching a fit and kicking the back seat, that's your free will lies here. Your free will lies in the fact that you're not going to the playground today. How are you going to respond to that thing in front of your face? Your free will is, are you going to pitch a fit or are you going to take a breath and go, okay, I'm going to the playground another day. That's your free will. You know, how are you going yes. to respond to a situation? That's your free will. Because somebody else is driving the car, the higher power, not you. So it may not be in this particular lifetime, or this the growth mechanisms that you've chosen in this life, that may not be in your field of probability in this lifetime so you know that's the million dollar question you know that's something to be honest can you do is it possible to do that yes is it probable no for the average person and then there's the thing gradient and consciousness if you've ever have you ever read that book by David Hawkins power versus force no uh, well it's about Gradients in consciousness, and because there's inadequate language for it, he uses numbers like 0 to 100, 101 to 200, 101 to 300, with a thousand being like the non dual space. Most, according to Hawkins in his research, he, he was an MD, PhD in psychiatry, by the way. He, you know, people, most of the world lives under 250, which means. Fear-based, fear of this and fear of that, fundamental religions, the the radical people, you know, the people that want you have to be like them or something bad's going to happen to you instead of just letting everybody be, you know. Most people live in that fear base. But then as you evolve as a human and and according to Hopkins and who knows that it appears to be true if you observe what's going on around you, most people only jump up two, three points in a lifetime. However, Noetic Sciences did a study a few years back, and I think it was a it was a 20- or 30-year study, I think. And they said that, according to their study, there had been more cases, documented cases, of spontaneous enlightenment experience in the early to mid-90s than ever before in the history of time. So something's going off. Anyway, so, then you get yes, to the
0: up. Uh, It's like uh, we're waking up and we're also uh, uh, finding, because a lot of me and my friends and of course interviewing guests, is that we're finding out that we're finding our kind in people that are actually going through the same experiences. No matter how far-fetched it is, it's like uh, the synchronicity of it is that we're all coming together one way or another.
1: Yeah, and that's a wonderful thing. So the more aware that you become and then there's gradients of becoming aware, you know. Um, when you first become aware, or when you first have an experience, you typically wake up and go, "Oh my God, I have the information to save the world," and you want to tell everybody about it because you know everything suddenly, you know. And then a few yeah. years down the road, you realize, "Uh oh, I really don't know anything. I need to go back into my context." So you can trap, you um, expand. And contract. Yes. And and contract. And usually, it in two year, about two year increments. You pay attention. See. So then you'll then you'll come out. and You'll want to go teach, and you'll teach for a while, and then you go back into your reclusivity and you come back out, and you want to do something else, but it'll be on a different scale. Finally, you'll get to the point where you go, Oh my God. I know so much in the universe that I just realized that I don't know nothing. Yeah. I know nothing. Because you realize no matter how much you know, it's only a grain of sand in a bucket, you know? And so then you get to where you don't want to say anything at all.
0: Yeah, you know, I find that very awkward. (laughs) I don't know about you, but uh I get to an awkwardness feeling that I actually don't have the verbal communication to tell how I feel about these certain things or what has happened yeah. to me or or whatever. And it's very awkward, you know. And uh you can tell your truth one day and the next day it's all switched up on you and that's exactly. why you exactly Yeah.
1: And to be honest. I don't do interviews anymore. I haven't done an interview in a long
0: time for well, this reason. So
1: You're the first interview I've done in a long time for this Because I realized, oh, my God, I know nothing. Who am I to, teach, you know, tell anybody anything? In fact, I'm, well, I'm with my friend Susan Colt. If you haven't looked her up, you probably want to have her on your show. We were talking oh, yeah. a little bit before we called. And I said, you know, Susan, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about because I, I don't know anything anymore. Well, I'm right I'll there with you. The
0: she asked me. <laughs> well, I'm actually experiencing the same thing. So uh we we still have to communicate and I feel that uh there is still a message that you have to bring and that's why I really think that being an author and writing it down is so important because it does switch up. I've had uh Doctor Raymond Moody on Two, three times now, and he's an awesome mm-hmm. man. I don't know. If oh, he's I love so him. Confusing.
1: Well, like, he was one of the people that I woke up knowing,
0: and not only yes. that,
1: but when I woke up knowing him, I found out that he lives down the street from my grandmother in Alabama, and I just never knew it.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, it was really was an amazing story. Yeah. So let me, let's, <laughs> let's switch for just a moment to another yeah, topic, What well, we we got How many minutes do I have, about 18 or how many?
0: Well, uh, you can go two hours if you feel like it. You're not really limited because we can keep recording, so you could just keep going.
1: Okay. It depends on who
0: you are right now because I know you're on the road, so go ahead.
1: I want to talk a little bit about some help things, give people some tips about some help things that might, if you're interested in that. Yes, very are you well, I just want to talk about something called um methylation and genetics okay. <clears throat> um, I think how to go about this many, many people today suffer from mood problems, addictions, um, heart disease, cancers eating away of your gums and, like, abscesses on your gums and gum recession and things like that, many of these things have a lot to do with something called methylation. And a lot of that has to do with people that have a gene called MTHFR, and it stands for methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. And it means that you can't, your body can't properly use folate and B12. So if you have any of those issues, Google those letters. It's a complicated topic and there's, you know, it ultimately boils down to mind and your thoughts and how you flip these genes with epigenetics. But we're just talking about the physical level here, okay? Okay. So if you have these problems, then you need to look up those letters. MTHFR. You have mood disorders and depression and OCD and ADHD. You need to Google another acronym called d o m t and whatever you do if if you find that you have these things um and I'm not a doctor, I'm just a woman remembering I'm not attempting to treat or diagnose anyone. I'm just sharing information okay but people that have these genetic mutations can't use folic acid folic acid can make things a whole lot worse. So you have to go through your supplements and look for folic acid, your foods, your cereals, your white flour, your, you know, any processed food that's loaded down with folic acid. So people are getting four, five, six, seven hundred times their daily allowance of folic acid, but they can't metabolize it. So it's building up and their homocysteine's going up and um, you have heart attacks and strokes and, and cell division, you know. Um, cervical cancers, things like that, breast cancers, other things like that. So that's just an area that I'd love for your people to educate themselves about, at least so they get to the point where they can let their mind control. At least they can
0: do that for their body. That's right. So so we're talking about uh, – that's really amazing that you brought this up because since uh, Valentine's Day – I gave a gift to myself, and I call it no whites. So I'm off all the whites. That means rice, Good potatoes, sauce, all sugar, nothing. I'm, and I've already lost 30 pounds. And, Good uh, for you. I, I am not a vegetarian, so I am on the meat and the protein and the uh, fruit and vegetables. And um, people are telling me I'm just glowing, you know, more than once, like three times a day. And I, I think uh, I do have some illnesses, and I think I'm just, you know, I'm building a stable, uh, uh, let's say, uh, you know, uh, platform that the rest of my recovery can go on because, you know, I have, uh, uh I just been diagnosed with. Uh, primary hyperparathyroidism and I'm telling you it's really been kicking my butt. It's it's uh, taking well, the minerals. That's one of
1: the that's yeah. one of the things, you know, that M T H F R gene does. It's a vicious cycle that involves metals uh, you know, your 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 body clamping down on medical metals but not being able to hold on to electrolytes, you know, the metals pull viruses in and hold exactly. on to them and And toxins and things so that's part of it that's part of it so if you study if you start educating yourself amy yet so ben lynch bill walsh those are some people there's a lot of people coming out right now just if you have some doctor that if you have somebody that you listen to and they're talking about taking folic acid know that they're most likely a talking head
0: you know, they, oh,
1: they, if they really know what they're talking about, they'll tell you to take active folate. But then you yeah. got to be really careful because if you start taking that, you'll start detoxing. Really, you can start detoxing really hard and still have So you need somebody to tell you what to do, but I'm just giving you areas to look at. Yeah. It's and really you might want to yeah, have my friend Susan on sometimes. She's an expert probably one of the world's best experts about um breast implants and toxicities and molds and um all the things that come Lyme disease and all those things that come with ruptured breast implants which you know so many women have. Yeah. So it's
0: you so might cool. want to
1: consider having her come and talk about those things sometimes.
0: Yeah, I'd love to have her on really. And uh the what you're saying uh, about, I'm just thinking of what I what's happened with me is I, I did join two support groups because I was suffering so much and uh, they actually have to take, uh, they did discover a tumor and they have to take it out. And it's supposed to give you a uh, hundred, you know, you're you're recovered. Like it starts uh, remineralizing your bones immediately and stuff like that as soon as you're...
1: I don't know uh, about that. I mean, sometimes the anesthesia makes it. Especially if that MTHFR 4 can make you have papillomas, Little fatty tumors in places. So even though you yeah. take one out there still other places and they'll come back. Unless you it's get your methyl your body methylating. If you're under methylating you're gonna you can have those tumors. If you can fix that and you fix it with, with nutrition, with B vitamins, B twelve, active folate, um, you know, B six. All these, well, lots of things: fatty acids, fish oil, phosphatidylcholine, even turmeric oil. You know, lots of good nutrition: vitamin E, selenium, zinc, all, magnesium. All these things will can make your body start methylating. And when you do, you'll dump those toxins. But it's it's not something for you to play with. You don't know what you're doing. You need to find somebody in your area as a, a healthcare provider that understands methylation and gets into health because it's complicated. For example, liver. You know, mm-hmm. Many people say, oh, take milk thistle for your liver. Take milk thistle, take milk thistle. Well, milk thistle for somebody that can't methylate can make you really sick. You may need to take alpha-lipoic acid. You know, but if you don't know which things are methyl donors and which niacin, you know, that's where I got myself in trouble. I get triglycerides got high. Recently this happened. So I remember Abram Hoffer telling me one time, you know, nicotinic acid in high doses is a safe way to treat triglycerides. Taking mega doses like four or five grams a day of nicotinic acid, Mm -hmm. you know, niacin. Well, Niacin is a methyl sponge, so it sucked up all my methyl groups. And literally, over a period of a few months, I suddenly started getting rampant papillomas all over my body, and it okay. hurt where they were growing. Yeah, it hurt. So I, went, I did, couldn't figure out what it was. And the day before yesterday, it finally hit me. I'm using up all my methyl donors with this methyl sponge. So these viruses. Are attaching to metals and proliferating my body, so I've backed off, stopped doing the knife, and I'm going to just watch my diet more carefully. And it's, so it's backing off now. So you just can't yeah. go out and start taking supplements. You got to have the doctor to help you that know that understands. But, yeah, you can't but know I that.
0: Recommend any kind of thing to uh, my clients. I'm a counselor. Uh, <clears throat> uh, federal prisoners, actually, but I don't recommend any vitamins, nothing like that, just to, you know, healthy eating and go see your doctor. But sometimes you can't get the information from the doctor. That's the only problem. Sometimes they don't want to listen to you or talk to you. There's a lot of new books.
1: Jeffrey Bland has a new book that's called... uh, He's like the father of functional medicine. He's got a new book called Disease Delusion. And it's Even though I don't remember him using the words methylation, that's really what this book is about. It's in very simple language, written for the average person, easy to understand. And if you just follow these simple steps, it'll at least get you out of, it'll at least get you into a detoxification and elimination mode. But there are any Yasko's that some really good books. One of them is called uh, Eat Neutrogenomics, Feel Better, or something, something about nutrigenomics. And now she's got a new book that'll be, and that's the one about the genetic snippet mutations and which mutation does what can do what thing. Her new book that'll be out pretty pretty soon is about, once you find out that you have these mutations, what can you do to silence the gene. With nutrition, I mean, obviously mine, but, you know, most people aren't in this place where they can do it with mine, so the next alternative would be nutrition. So that, and then Ben Lynch has a site where he's, he has double mutations of MTHFR gene and he's compiled all of the resources that he can find. He's a naturopath in Seattle, I think. So his site's really very good and Amy's site's really very good and then um there's a guy named Albert Mensah that's got some good information and a guy named Michael Stone and another guy named Jay Rusenberg, I think. All of them have good videos that seem to be um very knowledgeable that you can go on YouTube and watch and educate yourself. You know, start somewhere. That's right. Because it's yes, the key so to everything, physically anyway. If you can't do it with mind, it's the next place to look.
0: Yes. And uh, also, I would like to recommend your books. And uh, you have the book, uh, Consciousness, The Bridging the Gap of Conventional Science and the New Super Science of Quantum Mechanic is uh, just right on the edge of everything. And uh, your other book, Agape, and you can. I saw them at uh, uh, Agape, the Intent of the Soul. I saw the the books at on Amazon, but they, I also saw that you uh, had them at Barnes and Noble. Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You're well. The Agape book. It was the most fun book for me. because every single word, and I hate to admit this because I'm not a very woo-woo person. But it's just what happened was channeled. There's mm. so much information in there, and I didn't know what the next sentence was going to be until it came. Every day for, God, probably a year and a half, I would sit down and focus, and I would hear this voice in my head just dictate it, and I would handwrite it out, and I have like 30 notebooks full of this stuff. The way it started was after I had that experience, you know, with my father. I, I, I would, I'm a deep thinker, and I just didn't think a lot. And so I thought of every, if I could ask, and I read that book, Conversations with God, you know, where Neil Donald Walsh would ask a question and get an answered. So I thought, if I could ask questions, what would I ask? But I wrote down every single question that I ever wanted to know from God. And then a few months later, and I'm not going to tell you the whole thing because you got to read the book to hear how it happened. Okay. But, but all of a sudden the information started to come. I'd be at the pool and I'd have my notebook and my pen and I would hear the answers. And the answers would come, even if I didn't have have my questions with me, the answers would come in the same order that the questions were written down in my notebook. It was really an amazing thing. And so I hand-wrote it, and then when I got through, I just typed it up. And for months, every day, I couldn't wait to get my kids off to of school and sit down and listen to what was going to come next. And my question would be, like, I think the first one was, well, how did God become in the beginning? You know, how did God how did become these? I wanted to know that. And the analogy that was given me just in, in some of my questions sometimes would take my breath away i call my friends and go oh my god can you believe this listen to this it would just be to me it was just so amazing about parallel universes and what happens in the various dimensions when you cross over you know what happens in each dimension that you go to. what do you what what but remember, you know, language is uh, a barrier, and my vocabulary is limited, so everything is an analogy, really, you know? It is. An analogy for some kind of energy.
0: So I'm you're talking, sure it, you've also mentioned a couple things about the big brain and the little little brain. What, what do you mean by that?
1: Not big brain, big mind. That's Brain and mind are two different things. You know, brain is that thing that sits in your head that processes information. It doesn't even think all it does is process. Like a hard drive on a computer. But mind thinks, you know, even if, you know, mind is, when you have an idea, you're not even thinking about anything, top of your head, yeah. right? All yes. at one time, the whole thing just flops in. That's mind, but little mind. If you think about it, is the everyday experience. Like if you think of thought, so you're like, just think a thought right now. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, you know, the red light is red. Where is that? It runs across your forehead from right to left like a ticker tape. If you think about it, that's where it is. You know, yeah. That's little mind. That's the mind chatter. So whenever you, if you're trying to distinguish of whether you're getting information from source or whether it's you, then you look at where do you feel the information coming in, does it drop in into the town of your head or is it running across your mind? So that way you'll mm-hmm. know which one to trust.
0: Yeah because that uh you know the the li- the limbic system i guess they call it the li- the uh lizard brain is up to all kinds of no good so uh you know you really have to go on in uh, uh divine inspiration is what i call it and you know the the great mind you know uh they even have uh studies where they don't know where our mind the thinking part of us is located. They can't find it. Even uh, doctors well, have done brain it, studies, and they can't find it as it's, as it's based anywhere. It's more like a our it's head not, rather than in our head.
1: Exactly. It's not in our head. It's not in our head. It's I, it's the field. You know, the quantum field. It's entanglement. Yeah. Yep. So there's nothing to find. They're looking in the room where there's nothing to find. They still think that there's separation you know well, yeah there's no separation Pretty
0: much well how would you describe you, that part where you know we're we're driving the body around walking uh yet we do have a, a, a higher brain that seems to be conscious and aware and watching ourselves all the time like we have a not better brain mind Yes. Yeah, choose those words because it's confusing.
1: You know, if you're talking to someone, you say brain, then they go to brain, mind, fire, yes. mind. Um, so what? I don't, what was the question?
0: We're just Not talking sure. about. Yeah, you're you're cutting out a little bit. I wanted you to actually talk about your radio show now, because I know that you've been on and you're on. You're driving it on the road. And I have a feeling that I might lose you pretty soon. Do you want to talk about your radio show, please?
1: Okay. um, I've been doing that show since, I think, 2005. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a science format. That I conduct it kind of like a deposition because that's my background, you know, and it's a fact-finding show. So I will pick people to come on my show that has a format in science, where I can research a topic about quantum mechanics or consciousness or holistic medicine of some sort, and then I just go in there and I depose them uh, for an hour on a particular I may do an hour on B12 or an hour on mm-hmm. vitamin C or I an hour on, you know, um, I don't know, intention from uh, whatever science that they're doing about that. So that's what I do. So have somebody interested that has a book that is scientifically based and you're you're a researcher. I don't have people that come on to talk about other people's work, but if you're the original work researcher, I'd love to have you, but so please don't send me stuff if you're talking about somebody else's work. Yeah. If you're so interested you in original work, that's a place. Yeah, to original
0: work. You can find her at www.bbsradio.com and uh they have the links there and the information. And uh you currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. I know it's a beautiful spot. And uh when people want to get a hold of you, they go to uh w Eva I went over to your site, very informative and uh I want to welcome everybody to go over there. If you have more questions and you want to uh, stick with this topic and, uh, cause you're, you're quite an amazing woman. I'm so glad that you, uh, went with it, you know, rather than having these experiences and going up on the mountain. Cause I had to, I had the same thing happen to me and I, I, I didn't know where to go. So, uh, I thought, oh, is this the people that sit up on top of flagpoles or go up into the mountains? <laughs> and then and then uh, I ended up at the Young Institute up in Pico in uh, Los Angeles. And I started studying Carl Young, who it really grounded me. I started to take Good all those you. classes. Yeah. And I went, and I went, and rather than going to the hospital like you did, it's really amazing that I actually went into Youngian analysis. So I was being under analysis by a Youngian. Uh, psychiatrist, and it was quite an awesome experience, you know, because the content yeah. is all about imagery. That would be interesting. It was awesome. It was awesome. And, you know, uh, and my father actually came to me the three years after he passed. And this is what I learned because I didn't, I, you know, sometimes you wonder, Ava, what is the, the rules of this whole thing? You know what I mean? That's what I wonder about. Yeah. What's the rules yeah. of this?
1: Yeah. So my dad, yeah.
0: you can't make them come to you, I guess. But three years after he passed, he came to me uh, in a dream. He was young again. You know, and he even had both yeah. of his legs. Like, he yeah. was handsome, my father. And he came to me to ask me to forgive him. And I did not know before that that there's forgiveness. Like when we're passed, it's not over. The love stays mm-hmm. and we can forgive from beyond. And I Yeah, like,
1: absolutely. When it
0: to me, I'm getting the chills right now because it changed my whole life. He said he was sorry. He said I was going to change things, but I passed. He said, I'm sorry. And I said, I love you, Dad. You know, it was like, it's been cool ever since. I found out yeah, that you know, you we have deep forgiveness and love no matter what happens, it can, it you can right. forgive. And That's the love exactly never right. dies, and they're, and they're not dead. You know, if you That's if you really right. think about it, people aren't passed away. You know, so yeah. you're inspiring to me, and uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And well, you know, thanks for having uh, me so uh, much. What, what night is your? Uh, tell me about what what your what night is your show and everything.
1: It's on Sunday night, um, at eight p.m. Eastern time, and starting in January. I don't do it every week now; I just do it every other week. I, I'm getting kind mm-hmm. of you yeah, it's been a long time. So yeah. this coming Sunday, I'll have it, and I'm interviewing this doctor named James Wilkson on adrenal fatigue. So it'll be a really good show if you want to hear about adrenals and what to do about them. And we'll probably talk about, about methylation
0: be- a little bit too, yeah. So he's a yes, good book out. Yeah, it's
1: good. Okay. It'll be
0: good. It'll be good. So that's www.bbsradio.com. Go over there and check her out so it should be on. Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and go to uh, uh, the site, www.EvaHair.com, and uh, quite an amazing person. I want to thank you uh, and God bless you for all your work because uh, you're very inspiring to me and that you have touched on so many things that are important to me, and I I really will cherish this show because um, I know that you aren't doing this too often. very honored. And I
1: do do consultations where I help people figure out what's wrong with them and what are some avenues that they can go to look for resources, uh help. I mean, to look for solutions like that. So I do do oh. that and I can do it on phone. So if anybody needs anything, my, my email is evahehr at gmail.com and I I'm so honored to be here, and
0: thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I want to wish you a safe travels, have a happy and healthy trip, and God bless you for the whole year ahead. And uh, you're an amazing person. I'm glad that we have met, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you, and have a good evening. You too. Good night. Take care. Good night. Okay, good night. Well, this has been uh, amazing to have her on the air. I know that they're driving, and uh Going on a trip right now, and so I actually don't want her on a cell phone so much longer. I've been a consciousness of people being on cell phones, and one of my friends uh, has said that he had a tumor behind his ear because of his cell phone use. But anyway, I get a little bit nervous about being on the cell phone so long. Anyway, so remember, Eva is, is a feature luminary on the www.inspiremetoday.com and also wwwcare 2 com and she's a certified alternative holistic counselor. So you can reach her, you know, at her on her site or at her Gmail account. And her site, once again, is com. A wonderful person who has many books and uh, things that we can read and uh, enjoy And as we're on a travel. And uh, we're going to end uh, a little bit early tonight. Um, I'm a little bit under the weather, so... I really want to wish everybody the best and uh, please if you come with us next week. We're going to have another uh, awesome guest and uh, remember to to uh, just take care of yourself, eat right, uh, be practice uh, uh, positive thinking and bring good things to you for your mind and your body and I'm trying to practice all that the best I can so uh we can all do this together. We could be around a little bit longer to enjoy each other's company here on this great Mother Earth. And follow links to contact me and can you can leave a message if you would like to be part of our show or for general help and assistance. Of course you can write me snail mail, Char McCain, P.O. Box nine eight oh, Hermosa Beach, California, nine oh two five four. I wanna thank our, our guest tonight. Well how wonderful. And also uh, I want to uh, know that this show will be archived. You can listen to it again anytime you want. And I will also thank for our call-in who are listening on the phone. And the paranormal sacred is a place where the unheard may be heard. So please recommend us to your family and friends. And God bless everybody. May your best dreams come true and may true love live in your heart. I know. Uh, I want to say good night to you all and good night to chat and take care.